la 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 la. Welcome to the e-commerce marketing society podcast, a podcast for women who want to grow their online store or e-commerce brand by improving their marketing. I'm your host, Lisa Byrne, an e-commerce marketing coach for women with 20 years of marketing experience under my belt. I help women increase sales and decrease stress by helping them focus on the right things instead of doing all the things. As well as hearing from me, I gather my favorite women in e-commerce to share their stories of growth and expertise because we all know it takes a village to grow a successful business. Welcome to the society. Let's get focused and have some fun. Hi guys, welcome to episode number 56. I am pumped for this episode because I'm a marketer, obviously, I nerd out talking to fellow marketers, talking about, you know, services that meet a really specific, important need for you guys. And one of those areas is content marketing and more specifically, how to write a great blog post and not just any old blog post, just so you can sort of tick that box and go, yep, okay, I've done it. I've got something on my website. We're talking about blog posts that work really hard for you and they attract the right customer to your website, educates them, informs them, sparks desire. So they take that next step in the sales funnel. Perhaps that's subscribing to your email list or adding a product to cart and checking out. A blog post is so much more than just words on your website that you're crossing your fingers, hoping that it's doing the right job. No, it's there for a purpose and it educates and informs your customers and your browsers, but it actually should be attracting the right people to your store. So my guest today is the wonderful Katrina McKinnon, and she is the founder of copysmiths.com, a company that creates quality blog content for e-commerce stores. So when I saw what Katrina does and how specific and the very clear service she provides, I was like, yes, I have to have her on. And she so generously shares how to create a great blog post with us today and also share some really interesting insights into her business and her journey to becoming a specialist in blog content just for e-commerce stores. So I know you're going to enjoy the episode today. And I also wanted to remind you that Q4 is fast approaching. And yes, it is time to start thinking about your marketing plan right now. And Cruise into Q4 is coming back for its second year with my lovely co-host, Chris Daria. And we're bringing it back. We're making some updates. We're making sure it's absolutely relevant to the market and the environment right now, 2022, and how you can make it your biggest, most profitable Q4 yet, but also your most easiest. So looking at planning ahead, things that you have to start doing and creating now. So nothing is a mad rush come November, December. We don't want to be doing any rushing in November and December. We want to have everything planned out beautifully in October or even in September. So Cruise Into Q4 is coming back. You can go to my website, lisaburn.com.au and sign up to the wait list. And we'll be letting you know how to and roll into cruise into Q4 very, very soon. Welcome to the podcast, Katrina. Thank you for having me, Lisa. It is lovely to be with you today. Yes, I always love to speak to fellow Australian female founders doing amazing things for e-commerce brands. And as soon as I saw what your business does, I was like, yep, 
that is the perfect fit for my podcast and for my yeah, listeners, yeah. Yep. helping yep. women figure out that that big term content marketing and more specifically blogs, blog and content marketing. So yeah, I'd love to know all about you. Okay, so my name's Katrina and I'm the founder of a company called copysmiths.com. And what we do at Copysmiths is we only write blog articles for e-commerce stores. That's it. It's as simple as that. But how I got started was I ran an agency for 20 years and, you know, then I want to just dig my eyes out with a spoon because yeah. it was just the most awful. I mean, I shouldn't say it like that. It was wonderful for many, many years. But I think when you've been running, doing the same thing for 20 years, you just get to a point where you just say, I, just, I can't roll out of bed and do this again today. And so for Fortunately, a few of our clients were e-commerce stores and I had my own e-commerce store and I got really good at blogging. I didn't do the writing myself, but we hired writers and we built a system and training and we got really, really, really good at blogging. And so one of our clients and, you know, this is always the, you know, this is always the the fun bit, you know, it's what the exciting bit, but we moved one client from 800 unique organic visitors a month to 200,000 unique visitors a month in the space of 15 months. And let me tell you, I was winging it. So all I was doing, so it sounds so fancy and sounds so amazing, but I got to a point, and this was with the business where I was like, I just don't know what I'm doing anymore. Like, what am I doing? Like, I don't know how to beat the algorithms and the search engines, and I don't know how to grow a business. And so I went back to basics and I just thought, well, what do I like doing? And I liked content online. And so we, for that client, we just created a huge amount of content. And when I say huge, it was 263 articles. So it wasn't, it wasn't like this, you know, you know, a, a number of 40,000 articles that you feel like you can never get to. But what we did was we created 260 plus articles and they were very visually oriented because I'm a creative person. And a lot of women are, a lot of mm-hmm. women are a bit more right brain, a bit more creative. They love aesthetics. They love the look and feel. They love branding. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they love things to look beautiful. And so I was kind of like that. And so then I stumbled upon this thing that I love doing. And we've now turned it into a business. We've got 40 writers on the team. All our writers come from Kenya, which is an interesting thing we can talk about. Wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah. And we've got this training program. We've got hundreds of customers and, you know, it's just this thing. And the only thing we do is write content. And so that's kind of how we got started. So it was this agency that I was a marketer. I did everything. And then I got tired one day and just thought, I don't know what I'm doing. So I just thought I'll throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. And I did. And this thing came from it, blogging, and I loved it. And then we just got really, really good at it. And you know what it's like when you do one thing Mm -hmm. over and over again and you're not trying to spread yourself too thin over all the disciplines and all the tools that you've got to learn. When you can do one thing, you get quite good at it. And so that's what we've been doing. So I think we've done maybe, we're probably up to about 5,000 articles now. Just in the last wow. couple of years. Yeah. Uh, so much, so many questions, but I, I would love to know about, yeah, finding your writers in Kenya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So as you know, so everyone's into offshoring, you know, everyone loves Upwork and freelancer.com, all these sort of sites and offshoring. So 
In the Philippines, the level of written English isn't at native level. They have these little idiosyncrasies to their language. They use words like surely at the beginning of a sentence. And you can kind of read it and spot it and go, oh, I think that someone from the Philippines with that particular cadence has written that. And it doesn't doesn't feel natural Mm -hmm. to, say, an American or a a British-speaking, sort of English-speaking audience. And then there's also all the Eastern Europeans. They are amazingly well-educated and amazing writers. But we found that they, for a little while, they they were a bit difficult to work with sometimes with time zones and anyway, other things that I can, you know, (laughs) get about later. And so what happened was I stumbled across this one fellow when I was running my agency, this one fellow called John, and he was doing our AdWords for us for when we were running the agency. He was the nicest guy. I love this guy. He was 50 years old and he was a mechanical engineer who couldn't get work because, and I asked him about it. And I said, why can't you get work as an engineer? You know, you're obviously clearly very well qualified. He couldn't get work to pay for a block of land for his mother. He couldn't buy his mother a block of land because he couldn't get work as a mechanical engineer in Nairobi. And he had retrained as an AdWords specialist. And I thought, this is amazing. And I got talking to him. Anyway, turns out in Nairobi, in Kenya, they have a very high unemployment rate. Something like 52% of millennials are unemployed. And yet 50% of the population has a tertiary education. So they have engineers and accountants and lawyers, poets, English lit majors, and their economy is very disrupted by their government. So every four years when, you know, even though it's a Westminster system, when the, the voting comes around, there's a lot of corruption and a lot of violence in the country. And so it's very hard to get a foothold in the economy. So what I discovered was there are all these wonderfully well-educated people who've been educated from a colonial system, British rule, so unfortunately, but they now have this unique advantage that they are tertiary educated, unbelievable written English. They have a very strong focus on the arts. They Their economy is such that a uni student, so someone studying law at uni full-time, would be very, very happy to receive 500 US a month. Mm. And they've got a tertiary education, whereas the Filipino market is closer to a thousand US a month or even twelve hundred US a month. So in Kenya, the other thing about the Kenyans is they can't get access very easily to Upwork and these freelancer tools. So they're not on them. So they literally, because they're an unbanked society, which means they can't just go to, you know, Commonwealth Bank or Westpac or, you know, Chase Manhattan and get a bank account, they use a system called M-Pesa, mobile. They get mobile phone payments. And so we have a, you know, obviously a payment system where we transfer money from WISE into the M-Pesa accounts, et cetera. But what it means is that they don't have access to everything that we take for granted. Mm-hmm. All the online tools, all the SaaS tools, all the payment gateways and the payment systems, all the freelancing websites, they literally don't know about it and they don't have access. Mm. So what I did was I went and found their local newspaper, the Nairobi Times, so to speak, and I put an ad in their classifieds. And so this was, you know, a year and a half ago, two years ago, and we advertised and sort of said we're looking for any university graduates or anyone who's at uni or a stay-at-home mum who's got a university degree, doesn't matter what. We'll teach you how to commercially. We'll just, you know, as long as you can, you know, string some sentences together, we'll teach you to write and we'll give you a job. And so we now pay 30 to 40 Kenyan people to write on our team and we provide them with training. They have access to a non-Kenyan business 
that looks great on their LinkedIn profiles. Mm-hmm. And so we're just helping people in Kenya to step up yeah, and access amazing. the international sort of gig economy. So that's kind of so kind of cool. Cool story. Yeah, it's it is so cool. Because yeah. yeah, I mean, you do hear from the, the typical offshore areas like Philippines and, and what have you, but I don't think I've ever come across someone that's building their team purely from you know, where they're finding their staff. Yeah, so, yeah that's yeah. so interesting. We have interesting. Nairobi meetups where everyone goes to the local cafe and, you know, has a drink and sits around and looks at each other awkwardly and goes, oh, yeah. Name, you know, I know you're writing. I just didn't know you. And so it's absolutely fantastic. But for your listeners, like if you want to get access, there's two platforms that you can use. QHustle, K-U-H-U-S-T-L-E.com. Q Hustle is almost dormant. It hasn't been looked after for many years. I think the fellow who began it tried to get it going. He tried to, you know, make an upwork for Kenya and it never really took off because he didn't get the momentum from the international sort of audience, from mm. business owners. So I'm hoping, I don't know him. I've never met him. I have nothing to do with them, but I just want to let everyone know it's dormant. It's, it's very, uh, but if you put a job ad on there, you will get two or three people. And then you put another one on in a week or two after that, you'll get another two or three people and then you get momentum. So that's the first one. So I'm just saying, put a job ad on it, but don't expect an avalanche of people. Yeah. The second one is a, is basically like their newspaper and it's called brightermonday.co.ke. Mm-hmm. I think it's co.ke, but anyway, brighter. Monday and you can place a job ad. So it's a bit like Seeker Indeed or, you know, Monster or any of those sort of big job boards that everyone knows about. It's not like an Upwork. It's just like a newspaper classifieds, but an online version because again, they just don't have access to the sort of stuff that we do, you know, internationally. So Brighter Monday is also, it's not great for online workers. So you won't necessarily get a web developer or, you know, a virtual assistant because they don't really know what that is yet, but you can certainly find people to write for you. Amazing. I was just thinking this morning, I need someone to help me write my weekly emails because, you know, it seems like a straightforward task, but there's actually a lot of effort that goes into just writing an email and much more so for a blog post. So yeah, it's, it's something that I'm, I'm sure a lot of people need help with and they can come to a business like yours, which is awesome as well. So why don't we go back to Looking at you know the term content marketing, it's such a, yeah. one of those terms that is very broad. It can refer to so many different types of content and so many different platforms. So, how yeah. would you sort of what's how do you define content marketing? So we define content marketing, everything that you said, it's this huge world now, but we do one very specific thing in that which is really hard to do repeatedly and you'll know this as mm-hmm. well it's so easy everyone gets really enthusiastic and they sit down and they write that first article let's say they run a fountain pen store and they write that first article about how to clean a fountain pen and they realize oh it's taken them half a day whole day and then they've still got to edit it or you know and publish it mm-hmm. and so then they do it the second or the third time and then by the fourth time again they just want to you know crawl in under a blanket rather yeah. than sit down and slog through an article so we what we've done is we just write content articles for people and we do everything from the keyword research right through to publishing on your store, which means that when people work with us, because this is like, this is the thing for a store owner, like, you know, you, you, you can pick your keywords, which is one part of the process. And then you, which is, you know, you know, having a marketing understanding, you know, SEO, keyword research understanding. And then, then to actually write the article titles, you've got to be a bit of a sales copywriter. And then to write the article, you've got to be a copywriter. And then mm-hmm. to edit, you can't edit your own work. 
but then to proofread and then, you know, and then also to publish, you have mm -hmm. to have web development skills. And then to do the graphics, you have to do graphic design skills. So it's really hard for smaller businesses to pull together a full team like that because you either have to pay them on retainer, you know, you've got to pay them a grand a month each, in which case your, your articles tend to cost you about $1,000 to produce. Mm. Um, or you have to, you know, hire out to a copywriter and then you've got to manage all those different mm. people. And so what I realised was that in the early days was I realised, well, if I just give you the keywords and say, here are all the keywords out of HRFs and it's low-hanging fruit and they're really obvious, would, and then we write the title to add a little bit of imagination to that keyword, we find that people just say yes. They just go, love it. That's exactly what I want. And then they literally don't have to deal with us or speak to us until they get a notification in their inbox that says your article's up on your website. Mm -hmm. And so I know that sounds all very magical and wonderful. But it does. Yeah, I know. But it's, it's, it's just taking the pain away from something that is actually really hard to do repeatedly. It is. And even... Oh gosh, even for a marketer that's been doing yeah. this for 20 years, to sit down and write a blog post, yeah. I, I would rather, you know, stab myself in the eye, yeah. kind of like what you said before. Yeah. And then, yeah. like you say, do it monthly or whatever it is yeah. to get that great Google ranking and to also help your customers make a better decision. It's yeah. it's almost it's I do really feel for product business owners because it's so unfair. They're really up against it. Like you say, there's 10 different disciplines that they need to pull, yeah. pull on yeah. to write one damn blog post. Yeah. So that's why I was so excited when I saw your service. I was like, oh, that is that is magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting it up on their site without them even doing anything. Incredible. Yeah. So why is having a blog post so important for an e-commerce brand owner? Okay, so Google is coming around and crawling your website and what happens is it crawls through. Let's say there's two different sort of store owners. There's store owners that might have two or three products and then there's store owners that might have a 1,000 products. Okay, so a store owner that sells, maybe they sell a very, very special, oh, I'm trying to think, They maybe they sell a, sell a very special stroller for children or something. And then there's another store owner that sells 400 fountain pens. Okay, so what happens is that Google comes around and it says, what's this store about? It reads through your couple of product pages and then it goes away and says, well, I think that that's about strollers or I think it's about fountain pens. And it goes away and then it comes back the crawler always comes back and it reads the same product page again and it says, oh, well, this is still just about those strollers or fountain pens. Well, you know what? I won't come back for six months. I'll, I'll save the crawl budget because Google's very busy, has billions of other pages to crawl. And so it comes back and it goes, well, you haven't really updated anything, so you're probably not alive. The website might be dormant for all I know, mm. so, well, I'll just come back in six months. And so what happens is you gradually go down the index. In the advanced blogger guidelines, which you just type into Google and you can go advanced blogger guidelines, there's a list of everything that Google wants from you when you create an e-commerce store as well as from content. And so I sort of always think, well, you know, and take it from the horse's mouth, you don't sort of listen to too many SEO gurus. Mm -hmm. And it says there, write well and often. A frequently updated website that is regularly updated, you know, da-da-da. And so it's literally write well and often. So Google doesn't put the word in often in order to just, you know, just to, because it had nothing else to do that day. So it's really clear from Google that you have to write well and often. Now you can't keep adding more products to your store because, you know, yes, you'll add another stroller or you'll add a, a baby chair or something like that. But it's not like you, when you start an e-commerce store, you think to yourself, well, I'll only add one product a week. 
So blog articles are an amazing way to tell Google your keyword cluster because, of course, the blog articles are going to be about how to clean a fountain pen, which fountain pen's best for a graduation present, what's my handwriting style look mm-hmm. like in with this fountain pen. So you're able to create all this content and what it does is it sends positive engagement single signals to Google all the time. It says, A, I'm alive, B, I know what I'm talking about, and C, people are visiting my store for this content and then they're staying for a little bit or they're clicking on this. Now, you don't necessarily make a lot of money from blog content over to your product pages, but it's an indicator to Google that you're alive. And it helps Google to come back more often and visit you so that when you do launch a new product, Google is already visiting you. Otherwise, you sort of launch a product and it's crickets because you sort of think, well, I've just launched this new stroller, but Google doesn't come around and index you. Mm. So it's not necessarily a conversion driving strategy. It's an attract the right people strategy over a long period of time. Yeah. So it does convert. We've, we've got some content. So we've, we've written an article for Dayspring Pens. You can Google it called, it's about handwriting styles. You know, it's basically the handwriting styles of the rich and the famous. All I did was I went to Reddit. We went to Reddit and we looked through the penmanship porn thread. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Everyone has upvoted all these pictures of people's handwriting. One of them was Meghan Markle. So you know that girl that yes. married that prince yes, guy? she's got very flowery writing, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, right. Well, so you know. So yeah. all we did was we got hers and then we got, I don't know, Albert Einstein's writing and then we found this other one where someone's done this incredible handwritten script that's just so beautifully perfect that it's, you know, terrifying how good their writing is. But what happens is that one loves this type of content, And because there's a couple of really sticky points, I call this fun drunk auntie content because it's really hard to look away. It's either a disaster or it works really well. But so fun drunk auntie content like this. So for Dayspring Pens, it's still their top performing page that brings them thousands of dollars in traffic a month because people buy. Because, of course, we say, well, we think Megan probably used this sort of fountain pen. Or you can get this effect from this picture by using this fountain pen. And so... Daniel at Dayspring Pens makes bucket loads of money from an article that he paid $300 for. Don't you love that? Don't you love that? And it's like, you know, how many things, this is a struggle that I I know a lot of women face. It's like, well, I've got this product. How many ways can I say it's great? You know, and if you you think of the, the not so exciting products, a fountain pen may be one of them. But with a blog post, you've managed to, like you say, add a little bit of fun to it. And it's converting. Yeah, no, but it's always fun. Like we've got a client who makes sanitary pipe fittings. So literally you think of in a pharmaceutical company or in a sort of a a liquids company, he makes the pipes and the little screws and all the the elbows and everything for high-grade pharmaceutical companies, right? But it turns out he also makes them for brewing hoses. So you only have to find one segment, one user type, one audience where you can write content. So, of course, we write for the brewers. And so we write, well, what do the different colours of these brewing hoses mean and why should you clean them? How can you clean them? How can you clean them and say, you know, within the FDA guidelines or health guidelines, etc. There's always something. But what happens is even though the brewers aren't his best customers, what happens is it brings traffic from Google and it creates positive engagement signals because someone's clicking to the page Someone scrolling the page, they're looking at an image, clicking on an image or watching a video. And so Google then starts to think to itself, 
oh, well, these guys, they, they have a website that people like, and then they start to index the other types of products. So mm-hmm. even if you, I'm trying to, I'm looking around my room, even if you've got a really boring product that, I don't know, tissue boxes, you can still create some sort of story around that because of the user audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that time when someone dumped you and you went through a box of tissues or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah that sort of thing. Or you can sort of talk about the environmental aspects of the product and then you can create community. So let's say, I don't know, like I've got who gives a crap that they sell toilet paper and tissues, but they have created a movement. So often with an e-commerce store, this is a great idea actually for e-commerce stores, which I've, I need to talk about more often with people. But when you sell a really boring product, you can create a movement. So let's say, so wetsuits, we had a client, God, what was their brand called? It's a wetsuit company. They've got a really, anyway, they were like, well, what else can we write about wetsuits? And I was like, well, you know what? There's a, there's a campaign called Take One for the Sea, mm-hmm. Take Three for the Sea. Mm-hmm. And I said, just like everyone has these little roll-up doggy bags and you're supposed to pick up the dog poo, you could have little roll-up bags for surfers and you could give those little recyclable, you know, little bags out to the surfers and you could say, on it, take three for the sea. And then someone says to you, well, what are you doing? You're picking up three pieces of garbage off the, you know, off the beach and putting it in this little plastic bag. And it's got the logo of this wetsuit company. And it starts a conversation. Then mm. people say, well, what makes that, why would I buy from them? Because they're good, mm. they're good people, and they have this campaign. So you can make mission-focused community sort of initiatives around your product that, you know, reflect your brand values. And when you pick that one thing, it becomes your marketing. And mm-hmm. then you have so much to write about it. So you can imagine easily how much we could write about picking up trash from, you know, that's Beaches. right. And pitching to various media outlets and having that nice little segue. Yeah, it's so true. I love that, looking mm-hmm. at things differently. And I guess it's, you know, dive, going off track a little bit, but it's so important to know your brand values as a brand. Yeah. You know, you can't just pluck these ideas yeah. out of the air. It needs to make sense to you as the founder and your vision and your mission, yeah. your customer, what they, what they give a shit about. Yeah. And see how you can bring that all together. Yeah, yeah and that. so you use content. You just use blog articles to write about it, to bring the community in. The other, like another thing that you can do is, so we had a client who sold, what are they? But in, they sold, again, they sold something real. No, it was T-shirts. They sold T-shirts. And what we said was, what we did was we noticed that influencers have a huge amount of traffic around their names. And so what they did, we got them to do was we said, get a T-shirt and put one of the sayings of the influencer on and then just write a bio, a profile about that influencer and how they're amazing in fashion. So this was a fashion T-shirt brand. And we just said, you don't need permission to write about these influencers. You can just write about them and say, we think that they would love these three T-shirts, but here is all about this influencer and they're really cool and they're great and this is what they stand for. Now, the the trick is with that is that influencers don't have a lot of competition for their own name. So if I was, if you were to try to rank for, you know, Kat McKinnon, my name, it would be really, really easy because there's not much about me. And so with influencers, even big influencers, not many people create fan websites around an influencer's name. So, you know, John Smith or whatever, you could easily rank for their name, which brings their fans to your t-shirt store Mm -hmm. they get to read about this biography and then they think oh those t-shirts are really cute they're really cool i might buy one 
Yeah, that is so clever. And I just, and you know, a normal business owner is never going to be able to think out of the box like that. That's what the beauty of, you know, working with an expert or someone who does this day in, day out. They can marketers, creative marketers. marketers. Yeah. Yeah. We can, we can see an opportunity. And I don't know about you, but it, for me, it, it, it's an instant thing. It's so easy to see opportunities and ideas. That's why, you know, pays to work with someone if you're stuck or if you're, just can't see those ideas in front of you. And so if someone, like we talk about an e-commerce brand owner that hasn't written a blog before or potentially has written a couple of blogs, you know, five years ago and it's completely dead and old, what are those first few steps that they can take to start bringing that content into their marketing strategy? Sure. So the first thing is to look at the content that you've got because nothing's wasted. And I'll just give like, I don't know, a handful of tips for how to optimize an article so that Google can read it and so can the customers. Make sure that paragraphs are really, really short, shorter than you'd ever think. Paragraphs can be maybe a sentence, two sentences at the most, because it helps people read. Mm -hmm. The next thing to do is to make sure you never have slabs of text in your Mm -hmm. content. Always mix it up, have at least two bullet point lists or, or ordered lists. So always have two lists of at least four to five points in every single article. Every single article of around fourteen to 1,600 words should have two testimonials or quotations from customers that relate to exactly what you're writing about in the blog. Love it. So if you're saying something like the fountain pen was really easy to clean, you get a quote or you get a mm. testimonial from one of your customers that says, oh, I loved buying from these mm. guys. That was so great and it was so easy to clean it, okay? And you put that in as contextually relevant because Google's looking for authority that other people also think, you know, you're a good sales company, you're a good mm-hmm. company, a good store. Pictures are really important. But stock photos are really bad. Yes. <laughs> so there's a new tool called DAL E, D A L L hyphen E, which is an AI which can generate unique images. And so people can play around with that. So you can literally type into DAL E, you know, crocheted, crocheted dog riding a unicorn, <laughs> and it will go and create a picture of that oh for gosh. you. It'll create like five different versions and you can pick one. So you can have a bit of fun with it. The best thing you can possibly do is get proper photography of your own products and to reuse them. Always put your logo and a URL on your product images because they'll often end up in the image search results, Mm -hmm. not just in the, you know. So that's another thing is always have at least two to three images and try to avoid stock photography. One more tip is the listicle format works best for everything. Mm -hmm. So always have subheadings that have value in them. So don't just write fountain pen. Write mm-hmm. something like fountain pen that feels smooth in the hand. Mm-hmm. So always have a feature or a benefit in yeah. that, in those subheadings. So the idea is just to have an article that's visually interesting. And again, the advanced blogger guidelines talk about this. They, they, they literally, Google has said, could you just not give us slabs of text? Mm. Could you just break everything up so it's really easy to read and make sure that it's visually interesting? So that's the first thing to do is always just fix up your templates. Mm-hmm. I would say that when you fix up those templates, document your process and turn it into a template. Mm-hmm. Once you've got a template that you like for your store with all the little bits and pieces in it, you can then scale it. Okay, so that's all we've done. We have templates in our business that are based on 
all the hundreds of clients that we've worked with, we've got all the best practices into our templates. So every other business can do that to a store. You just have your own template mm -hmm. and then you can give it to a writer. So to get the articles written, you can either hire a writer off Upwork. You'll probably pay between $15 and $35 an hour US for a reasonable writer. You can often find writers on onlinejobs.ph and you can probably get them for about $7 to $8 an hour. But you've got to then have an editor go through all of their work. An editor will charge you about $50 a pop to fix an article up to get it to a publishable stage. So you can do that. And then to just to work out what you want to write about is you can, you know, you can literally look through all your customer feedback and you can find out what their issues are and the things that they're, the questions that they're asking. The easiest thing to do, the easiest listicle to write is to go into Google and type in your product name, so fountain pen, and if you scroll down a bit, you'll see a section called related questions or people also ask. And you literally just use all of those as headings for your articles. Mm -hmm. And that's a really powerful article format to use. And it's very effective. Yeah. Amazing. I love all those tips for your blog format. It's very similar to what I suggest for product page descriptions. Yes. You know, yeah. you pull out that voice of customer phrase like i'll never use any other skin cream again or something yeah, like that yeah yeah exactly use that as a heading or bullet mm. points headlines make it scannable and i love your idea of popping in the the, the listicle like said so bullet points in, in twice yeah so yeah so so interesting it makes it easy to read basically that's what we're trying to do make it easy to read and informative yeah, because it breaks up the flow of the text. So yeah. it makes the information far more accessible to someone who's reading who's got 10 other tabs open. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Whereas if you've okay. got this wall of text, people just glaze over instantly and they go to another page, which is easier to read. Absolutely. Yes. I'm always saying to my students, brains are lazy yes. and easily yeah. bored. So yes. if, you, if you're not making it simple, straight to the point, two seconds, Yep. of clarity, you've lost them. And yeah, all that yeah. hard work getting the traffic to your site is lost. So, mm -hmm. yeah, very, very helpful tips. And another tool, I don't know if you use this or if Google is better, but Answer the Public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can use Answer the Public. Yeah, because yeah. it kind of like positions different questions. So it might be like, how do I wear a baby carrier? Or yes. why should I use a baby carrier? Which baby carrier is best? So they potentially are different blog articles. They can be, but which baby, so how do I use a baby carrier might only end up being 300 words. Mm -hmm. What you can still do is you can write an article that says 10 baby carrier questions answered. Mm -hmm. And you can longer. actually- yeah, you can actually put them all in one article, but which is the best baby carrier? That can be just one article in itself because that might be 1,400 words to answer that question. So yeah. Answer the Public is a really good tool. I'll give a little, like a little, I've, just as you were talking about this, I don't often do this, but we've got a tool called copycount.co. Oh. You can type in your keyword into copycount.co. It will tell you how many words you need to write to compete in the top 20 results. Oh. Because everyone's always saying, how long should how my long? article be? Yeah. But for some niches, like let's say you sell, I don't know, protein supplements online, you have to write 3,000 words to just compete with all the supplement yeah. kids, right? But whereas if you sell, I don't know, you know, the, you know, I don't know, fountain pens, you only have to write a thousand words. So copy count will tell you that. But also at the very bottom of copy count, we give you about a hundred article ideas, title ideas. Wow. 
all different title ideas, which will just get your creativity going. Yes. And, you know, you can, if you've gone to the effort of doing all of this, you can then repurpose it for like 10 different social media posts or yeah, yeah. three different email campaigns. So it's not just, you know, invest five hours in one blog post and forget about yeah. it. Yeah. Although you could do that. And if it's a great blog post, it's still going to work for you, but chop it up. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do that in your business or do you kind of leave that up to the e-commerce team that you're working with to then repurpose it? At the moment, what we do is we provide one social media graphic so for each of our articles. So when someone you know joins us and we every article, so if you order, I don't know, some, some clients order 50 articles, we literally will say, well, what's your favourite channel? And they'll say, well, I'm really strong on Instagram or I'm strong on Facebook. And we create that one graphic that they can then use in those channels to drive that back to the, any organic, you know, traffic back to that blog article. So we do do that, but we're not, we're not a social media company where yeah. we just produce blog articles for e-commerce stores, that's it. I'm trying to really stay in my lane. Yeah, yeah. You know what it's like when you get outside totally. of your lane and you totally. say, yeah, I can do that, I can do that, and I can do that, and, I, and then you have, you know, you're doing too much, you spread too thin. Yes. Yeah. No, I think specific is is such a easier way to look at it for everybody involved and you can be experts, obviously, in it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that kind of covers everything off. Is there anything else that you want business owners to know about blog writing? I think, okay, there is something that I want everyone mm. to know is blog writing is like choosing a channel like paid advertising. So everyone knows how to use paid advertising. And what you do is you, you set up 10 ads and you, 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 you try out 10 ads and then you keep trying because you know that it works for other people. So you keep trying. You don't just put 10 ads into an AdWords campaign and go, oh, well, that didn't work. I think I'll stop now. I'll never do that again. Content marketing is I say, okay, I'll give you an analogy. AdWords is like a rocket ship, paid advertising. You put all your fuel in, you pay all this money, you put all the fuel in, the rocket ship goes up, it looks amazing. It's got an engineer at the controls who's very sophisticated, controls all the software and the wheels and the dials. And then as soon as you stop putting money or fuel mm. into the rocket ship, it comes crashing back to earth and you've got nothing. Blog writing and content marketing broadly is like a snowball. The snowball starts very small at the top of the hill and you have to give it a bit of a push. You have to really pack it together tightly and concentrate on it. You give it a bit of a push and it gets a bit more snow. Then you push it a bit more and it gets a little bit more snow and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Eventually it gets so big that it has its own momentum rolling down the hill and it's unstoppable. And that's what content marketing is. It takes a lot of faith to pick the content marketing channel because a little tiny snowball doesn't seem like much and it can melt mm. away in an instant if you don't take care of it. And so it's exactly the same as content. You need to nurture content marketing and you need to believe in it. And if you believe in it, you will get to a point where, so I'll give you one more story. There's a guy called Rocky Kanaka. He has a, he loves dogs. He loves after shelter dogs. He's a YouTuber in America millions of followers and he does videos where he takes a shelter dog into a pet shop and he lets it choose any toy oh, cute yeah super cute and so what he does is to fund his work by helping shelters he sells squeezy toys dog squeezy toys and one of them he sells is a puppuccino squeezy toy mm -hmm. and we noticed that keyword and i thought that's a really interesting keyword let's see how much traffic there is so because we did a gallery we got a hundred photos of dogs having puppuccinos and you can just google rocky kanaka puppuccino and you'll find that article instantly it gets it has a search volume of thirty-eight thousand a month and he's now in the fifth position 
and it was two weeks to get into that position. But because he understands content and he had mm. faith and he was just like, I've got to have this content. So we made all this content. I think we did 20, 30 articles for him. Yeah. And it's a lot, you know, to swallow because you never know where you're going to get that back because the rocket ship that goes up into space is so obvious and it's mm. so big and it makes a big noise. Mm-hmm. A snowball rolling down the hill makes no noise until it gets big enough to crash through a house. And so that's what content is. So I just want, I suppose I just want everyone to understand that marketing does work. Content marketing really works, but you've got to have faith and you've got to nurture that little snowball. And it does work. It does. I mean, Google's not going anywhere. SEO isn't going anywhere. Your website, you need it to sell your product. So to me, it's it's a no-brainer. It's a difficult... If you understand it because yes. you've been doing it for so long and you have faith in it because you've seen it time and time mm. again. But a Absolutely. store owner who maybe has come from a different industry, maybe they've been an accountant and then they've started their own store because they've got this dream of doing this. They don't have that experience. No. And the other thing that they're competing with internally is that they're you know, we have things like Instagram being shoved down our throats and yeah. and what else? Yeah, Facebook ads, things like that. So we're so, you know, off track with where we're focusing. But yeah. is that really attracting people? Yeah. Is it yeah. really getting them to your website? Yeah. Go and have a look at your numbers. You know, if you've got some great organic search results in your traffic ranking, you know, head in that direction. Exactly, exactly. Mm. So interesting. And one more question, because I just saw it there. You mentioned that content is king, but creativity is queen. Yes. Tell me a little bit about that. I like that. So I sort of think the SEO world is full of SEO bros. They're very often, you know, totally generalizing, of course, because there are some incredible women SEOs, but it's a very male dominated industry. It's very numbers driven. They're always trying to find the latest hack to, you know, beating the algorithm. Whereas I think that the creativity is actually what shines and what's queen. I've got a friend, Jason Barnes who is also very seriously into the idea that Google just wants good content. Mm. It just wants to know who you are and what you're about. He's a huge proponent of that. So if anyone's on the more technical side, they can Google him. But creativity sets you apart. It does two things for you. Not only does it serve the search engines, it serves your brand. Mm -hmm. It serves, it creates brand awareness, brand recognition, brand resonance, and it creates an affinity between your reader. So the SEO bros are always trying to find the latest hack. They do everything by the book. They, they, you know, it's all technically perfect, Mm -hmm. but you could survive on protein bars for the rest of your life. And it's technically a full food, nutritional food source. You know, you could you could survive on astronauts' food for the rest of your life because it's technically, scientifically balanced. But creativity is where the magic comes in. It's where the surprises come in. It's where the it's where the really big things come in, like that puppuccino example. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought? That's not a that's not a a keyword that's got any buyer intent in it. You mm-hmm. know, but surprisingly, it works. It's it's where the emotion comes into it, and yeah. those bro marketers. Yep. They're, they're never going to get that. And that's what female founders have totally to their advantage. They're, we're often incredibly creative. You know, we understand humans. So our yes. writing is always going to be story-based, emotional-based. So, yeah, yep. lean into that. Creativity is queen. Yeah, um, But, yeah, you've got to have content as well. <laughs> yep, yep, that's it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Where can someone get in contact with you? 
It's just copysmiths.com. So just go to copysmiths.com and you'll find us on there. You can look me up on LinkedIn or whatever you like, but copysmiths.com is the best spot. We've got a little inquiry form. Anyone's welcome, absolutely welcome to ask me questions and I'm always happy to chat about my favourite topic. Amazing. And you've got some really good blog reviews on videos on your website, which I'm definitely going to dive into to learn more on the topic. Yeah. I'm inspired to go write a blog post. Yay! <laughs> yeah. Thank Let you. me know how you go when you get to the fifth one. Oh, God, yeah. No, I'll be, I'll be outsourcing it. So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the E-Commerce Marketing Society podcast. If you want to keep getting juicy marketing goodness into your ears each week, hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode and be sure to please leave a five-star review on iTunes so I can keep sharing all this good stuff with you. Until next time, keep taking those big or baby steps. I'm cheering you on every part of the way.